25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. Oh, hey there. And welcome into another episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And I'm sorry that you're getting that intro and it's different than the what's up everybody intro, but Laura and I just finished a live stream with the Hockey Podcast Network where we did a lot watch long of the game against the Islanders and quite frankly I'm not in my like normal form for when we come to record a show. We did just get done talking for two and a half hours and we are diving right back into it. This feels very, um, you know, subjectively speaking of the... This feels like subjectively speaking when we still call it objectively speaking, where we're recording an episode pretty much right after a game. So this one's going to be fun. Yeah, we're a little bit in our uh, mania phase. So if you uh, joined us uh, at any point during our live stream, it was two and a half hours of uh, talking uh, and interacting on YouTube for the Hockey Podcast Network um, for the very first time. We've never done that before. Uh, so it was definitely like pretty nerve wracking leading up to it. Cause we've, you know, we've done lives like on our own, but that's typically for people who already know who we are and know how to interact with us. And I have a lot of anxiety towards like the way the internet works and how it can be a very dark and scary place. But, um, I thankfully don't, I mean, technically I could go on and look, but, I don't have access when we do stuff like this to see what the comments are because Jeremy is always the person that is running the show and he assures me that there were no mean comments um, during our live stream. So I'm going to take him at face value for that and say that we did a pretty good job, I think. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, it was a lot of fun. And I do think we did a good job. And I promise that there were no negative comments. All of our listeners can go check it out. We do have a couple of listeners pop by. And that was a lot of fun. We were really so glad. Uh, you know, we love and support you all. Well, no, wait. I mean, I support you. But that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say you was we love appreciate you and appreciate and your support. Yeah. Do you remember when I just said that we recorded for two and a half hours? <laughs> and now we're recording yeah. another show. I... But hey, we still look good. My eyebrows are still good. That's true. I the issue about you know having a podcast is that sometimes your words have to work. And after talking for two and a half hours and having one and like a quarter of a beer, I personally cannot cannot be certain that I will say words correctly throughout this entire show. So you know that going into it, you hit play. You're two and a half, three minutes into the show. You can make the choice now. Like, you know that this is going to be a show full of two people who are really kind of manic and really need to probably take a fucking nap. And, um, well, that's the first time I said fucking two and a half hours because we didn't swear on it. We did so good. You didn't even say shit. You were going to say shit and you didn't even say it because we were afraid that we are going to get in trouble. So you can say it now. I was nervous. Shit, fuck, damn. (laughs) I feel better now. Oh, me too. Because there were plenty of moments where I wanted to say all of those words because the Blue Jackets lost tonight 5-2. to two. Um, As you're listening to this show on Friday, they lost Thursday night 5-2 to, to the Islanders, which caps off a really unsuccessful uh, two games against the Islanders where we also lost on Tuesday 4-3. to three. 
And so I had a lot of feelings during the show. Obviously, the Jackets came back. I mean, like, the first period was bleak, folks. I mean, like, the Jackets didn't get their first shot on goal until over 10 minutes into the game. It was just bad. Like, it was just, like, really, really, really bad hockey. And uh, we could not be our authentic selves in reacting to how bad the hockey was because, again, we didn't want to get in trouble. And I have to say that I – it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah, it was a uh, no bueno. No, granted, we were able to – at the same time, not have any shots on goal. We were able to hold off the Islanders until right around halfway through the first period, but they did quickly in succession score two goals. Um, and it just, it we were not connecting. We were not a gelled together team and the Islanders were pushing. Like they are a, um, sturdy. I don't know if sturdy is the right way word to use for it, but like, they're just like a really assertive team and they come out every night and they really, really push whatever opponent they're up against. And they sort of ran all over us in the first period, um, you know, and there wasn't really anything to say. Like it took us, like Jeremy said, all the way ha- until halfway through the period to even get a shot on goal. Um, we got a little bit better towards the end of it. Um, we started finding our rhythm a little bit, but for the most part, it was all Islanders all the time in the first 20 minutes. And thankfully they went down the tunnel into the locker room and came back out. And the second period was all blue jackets and against all odds, including all of the people who were commenting on our live stream, the blue jackets made a miraculous comeback um, with two goals, the first by Emil Bemstrom and the second by Justin Danforth to tie the game back up. Um, we really pushed back against the New York Islanders, um, but the Islanders pushed just as much as they did in the first period. And even though we were able to tie the game back up, it exhausted us for the third. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a really fair observation. I think it's a really good uh, analysis of of what we saw in the third because it wasn't very long into the third period before the Islanders made it a 3-2 hockey game. And, you know, to, to no fault of Elvis, I mean, Elvis played really well tonight. Elvis, you know, the analytics will tell him he had a bad game, but the reality is is that he made a lot of really huge saves for the team when they needed it in that first period to keep them in the game 2 to nothing, even. And for them to be able to tie it up is great, but – uh, you know, to kind of leave them hang out to dry on a couple of opportunities for the Islanders, it was going to be a 4-2 hockey game in a matter of moments. And and it was. I mean, Kyle Palmieri, Palmieri a really great shot, makes it 3-2. And then Matthew Barzell, which I think we've talked about him on the show before. Uh, newsflash, he's good at hockey. And he he gives the Islanders the 4-2 lead, and an empty net goal makes it 5-2. So that game, obviously, as it just happened, you know, we're reacting to it fresh. Uh, it's a tale of, of three periods, really. I mean, a first period where the Jack, and I guess you could say two, because to me, the first and third period are very similar in that the Jackets really couldn't find their legs. There was no real opportunity in through on Varlamov. Anything that went to him got saved pretty easy. And that kind of, to me, feels a little bit different than what we watched on Tuesday, where the Jackets, you know, ended the first period down 2 1. Vladislav Gavrikov with the first goal down 4-2 at the end of the second, Vladislav Gavrikov with the second goal, and Oliver Bjorkstrand scored to make it 4-3, uh, 
And it felt like the third period on Tuesday, the Jackets really brought it. And if they would have brought that energy into tonight's matchup on Thursday, I think we'd be talking about an entirely different hockey game. Yeah, and we we talked about it on on the live stream too that the Blue Jackets um, are a team that have really struggled with playing a consistent sixty minutes of hockey. Um, we've had a couple of games, um, a solid handful this season, where they have been able to achieve what I think most people would consider like a full effort for the full sixty minutes. Um, but we really just struggle. It is, you know more likely that we end up with kind of the bookends of two really bad periods and a good second period or um, where we struggle for the first period really, really badly. And then the second and third, we, you know, really try and push for a comeback. We are third in the league for the number of comeback wins. Um, We've had 21 this season so far, which is incredibly impressive. Like, that is a record it's the most in franchise history. Um, like we said, we were third in the league. Um, and that's behind, I think, the Panthers and the Hurricanes, maybe. I can't remember specifically who is above us. Um, but And so it's not unusual for the Blue Jackets to go down first and then make, um, make a comeback. But it's about finding the consistency to play longer amounts of time to like the full extent um, and to really have really to be playing at at your full potential. And tonight was just that we had a terrible first period, not a single blue jackets fan should be telling you that anything other than the goaltending, which kept it from being like for nothing (laughs) in the first period, um, you know, there was nothing to write home about in that first period for the blue jackets. The second period was good. It was good and they did push, but we were exhausted by the end and we could not withstand the pressure from the New York Islanders in the third period. And so you end up with another, it wasn't as bad as, as the first period. There were, there were some solid attempts and obviously some, some big saves from Elvis even though, you know, they got another two goals and then an empty netter, like, you know, the effort from the goaltending perspective, like is different than the whole team perspective, but you know, we can't, you're not going to win games when you, when you let up, like when you can't play a full 60 minutes. And the other thing we talked about a lot is, you know, the blue jackets went over three on the power play tonight And yeah, we're missing a lot of key pieces, but the power play could have changed the direction of this game, even if we had just gotten a goal in one of them. Um, So yeah, a lot lot of things to build upon, I think, from this game for sure. Yeah, I mean, the third power play opportunity comes when you're down 3-2 halfway through the third period, and it's your biggest chance to put one on the board, tie it up, and change momentum, and they just can't do it. And... To be fair, and, and this is something that we talked about earlier, it's like the Jackets are dealing with an incredible amount of injuries, generally speaking, but the way that that affects their power play core can't go without being noticed. I mean, Zach Wierenski is usually the quarterback of the first power play line. He's out. Boone Jenner is usually the guy who you put in front of the net and hope that he can, he can put away a greasy goal or a greasy rebound. Uh, you know, 
that makes it so that you have to have guys like Adam Boquist, who's good and like who's an offensive defenseman. He's leading the Blue Jackets in goals by defensemen. So, I mean, he's obviously a goal scorer. This is the kind of moment for him. But then you look at a player like Jack Rosovic, which, I mean, no disrespect to Jack when I say this, but he's probably not the guy you want out on power play unit number one uh, as your center. Like, you probably want somebody out there like Boone Jenner who is going to, you know, not only when you face off, but then is also going to drive play at the front of the net. And, you know, Jack can do that, but not as effectively. And I think those injuries are really starting to get the better, better of the Blue Jackets. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And, and even the second line on the power play, you you lose Jack to the first line. You've lost Max Domi at the trade deadline. And so you've got guys like Emil Bemstrom playing in there, which uh, newsflash scored a goal tonight. Uh, Emil Bemstrom and Justin Danforth, the two goal scorers for the Blue Jackets, um, have combined for 10 goals on the season together. Uh, a game where... Those guys played really well, but the guys who are paid a lot more money to play a lot better didn't. And whether that's because the Islanders were able to solve that and figure it out or because they just weren't there and, they, and the, the game wasn't there for them tonight, you know, that's kind of like up for other people to decide, not us. But that's kind of the vibe that I got from this one. Yeah, absolutely. And you could definitely tell, like, um, you know, noticeably we are without Boone. We are without Zach right now. Um, we've been without Texier for quite some time. Um, and obviously we lost Max um, at the trade deadline, but we're also down two big pieces of our coaching staff uh, this week as um, Lars um, and another one of our assistant coaches um, are in COVID protocol um, and are not on, are not on the trip with the team. And that's a big that's a big deal um, for a team, especially a team like ours, where it's in the first year of Lars's head coaching, you know, stint. This is a team that, you know, needs consistency and needs that structure. And so to have our coach go to not be available and to not be there, it's is sort of like that steadfast person, especially with having Boone, um out and not traveling with the team either um there's there's a lack of the really head of our leadership core right now and that that can be a really big um issue for a young team like ours where it needs again like i said it needs that structure um and and you're starting to see not that pascal vincent isn't doing the best that he can and you know these other coaches coming up into much bigger roles um during this, this circumstance, cause they're going to have to do it again on Saturday. Um, as our coaches that are out did not travel with the team, um, for this road trip. So it's just a lot, it's a lot for, you know, any team to go through, but specifically for a young team like the blue jackets, it's an unfortunate hurdle. Um, this close to the end of the season where you kind of want to be having, I mean, we're realistic. We're, we're not going to, we're not out yet, but like we are clearly realistic enough to know that we're not going to make it into the playoffs. I'm still waiting. There's a Twitter account that we follow that says like every day when someone's up for elimination. So I've like been watching every day just for it to be like, and the Columbus Blue Jackets will be eliminated from playoff contention. Um, if this team loses or if they lose, like, so I'm just waiting patiently <laughs> for that day. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's kind of a bummer um, right now when you want to be like doing your best, but there's just so many obstacles in the way 
to doing that. And I have rambled on now for a very long time. So I'm going to let Jeremy talk for a little bit. (laughs) That's okay. I mean, I am also of the rambling variety tonight, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to me though. I mean, obviously you don't want those guys to not be behind the bench, but obviously Kenny McCutton and Jared Bull um, were both on the bench uh, on Tuesday. And I'm assuming tonight, like I didn't, I didn't catch it. I was like too caught up in everything else that we were doing to see. And I don't honestly even know if ESPN showed it. Um, who was behind the bench, but they really only showed from what I could tell, like watching it when we weren't trying to focus on the live stream. Um, they really only focused on uh Pascal Vincent and like they didn't show the rest of the bench. Um, yeah. well, they interviewed him mid game too, which I, I honestly like didn't hear. Like, I, I don't know really what he said or how it was, but hopefully, it was good. Point, like at that point, we had we were tied, right? And from what I could gather, from what I could lip read, because I couldn't really hear it since I had it down so low and we were live streaming. Um, he was saying how proud he was of the team and like their determination to get the game back under their control, um, which at the time he was correct. Um, but the wheels definitely came off um, in the third period and you could, this evening was, we've had moments like this in the past with players, but tonight was really one of those situations where you started to see the frustration come out in certain Blue Jackets. Um, Patrick Line was noticeably yeah. frustrated and angry at a lot of various points without throughout the game. Um, Oliver took a penalty uh, pretty early on in the first period. And I mentioned to Jeremy just like the look of disappointment in Oliver's face the whole time he was on the bench. And then, you know, most notably, um, Adam Boquist broke his stick uh, towards the end of the game out of frustration as uh, the Islanders got their fifth and final goal with the empty netter. Um, So, yeah, you're starting to see you're starting to see these kinds of things uh, frustrate the players and it's it's a good thing kind of because you want them to still be super passionate about what the team is doing and how the team is performing and wanting to do better um but also like you know got it's you know you don't want that frustration to lead to making stupid mistakes like on on the ice um so yeah, so you got to see some interesting things tonight for sure um, from the Blue Jackets. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, you want you want them to still care. I think I said this to you last year, probably when when things were really not going well, and this was like even before the trade deadline and everything like that. Like Nick Foligno, David Savard, still Blue Jackets. But I just remember thinking, like, I don't see anybody get pissed off about things really on that team a couple of years ago, like last year, year before. And so it's kind of nice now, I think, to see that there's still some of that passion, some of that care on this roster, because like we've said, like realistically, there's probably not all that much of a reason to to be invested in the outcome of the season. Like you're realistically probably going to be the one of two, three teams that are, um, you know, just outside of the wild, well, more than just outside, but that you're outside of the wild card race and it's going to suck, but at the same time, you still got to play these games like they matter because they do. For Patrick Line, you want to get as much money in the offseason as you can. You want to get as much term in the offseason as you can. 
for players like Emil Bemstrom, like you're playing to see whether or not you're going to be a Blue Jacket or if you're going to play in the NHL because in reality well, that hasn't been real. Like that, like it's not a given that he's going to be in the NHL next year. I very much could see him signing to go in Europe, kind of like Lucas Sedlak did and the Jackets still would have his rights for the NHL, but he might just, you know, go back over to Sweden or somewhere else to play. Like it's very possible. And for those players, this part of the season matters for Jake Bean, who's still trying to develop as a defenseman for, you know, same thing, different day with Adam Boquist, who uh, obviously has looked, I think a little bit more timid in his return from injury. Uh, But then you got players like Andrew Peake, who has, you know, become uh, a de facto second defenseman for this team. He's been playing with, with Zach Wierenski pretty frequently. And, you know, is, is he, somebody who is really fighting to show that he can do it. Like there's so much on the line for so many of these players that it's just outside of a playoff position. So it's been a lot of fun to watch those battles develop. Well, and especially too, as we've talked over the last few weeks, like the situation that the blue jackets are going to find themselves in, in the off season with, you know, we don't really have this issue so much in defensemen, but we definitely have it with forwards and we have too many forwards of the same caliber. So like we definitely have ones that are a step above your Patrick line is you, you know, your Sean Corrales, is like your Jake Voracek, like Boone Jenner, like that Oliver Bjorkstrand, like your step above. And then we have like that next step below where we're just flooded with this sort of same level of player, but also within that are players that have, statistically speaking and like age speaking and um potential speaking have the ability like to really jump up to that next level if we put the effort and stuff into them so like your cool cylinders your Igor chinikovs like that sort of thing and then you have these people who are waiting on the sidelines your kent johnson um your kirill marchenko like all these people that are waiting to come and see where they fit into this team. So you've got a lot of people floating around that we don't necessarily have room for. So you want them to keep pushing and to buy into what we're trying to do here in Columbus so that come, you know, that they go into the off season motivated. We want these guys to come back wanting to show up to camp, ready to go bought into what we're trying to do here, what Lars is trying to build here and to work hard over the summer so that when they come back, they can prove why they need to have one of these very valuable spots in the lineup because we're, it's a both a blessing and the curse that we're in this circumstance. And we don't know what's going to happen over the off season. Yarmo has already said that he predicts that the off season for the blue jackets is going to be, something to watch obviously we you know are all on pins and needles waiting for this contract um with patrick line like you know and are we gonna bring it are we gonna try and bring somebody in in free agency to fill you know one of the you know to give us some center depth in our forwards like an established player that can fill you know the first and second line and then really shake things up. Like the potential is like limitless kind of, because we have a ton of money 
the Blue Jackets are also one of those teams that is in great shape cap wise. So we can spend some money um, and really make this off season like in an interesting one. So it's about keeping that again, I'm rambling, but it's about keeping that, that energy and that motivation through the rest of these, this month of games so we can build upon it for the next season. Well, speaking of buying in and spending money, have I got the best news for you all. Uh, and it's going to sound familiar because I've been telling you about it for some time now. Uh, but the NHL season, it's been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. And as the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, well, they have your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp because everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest because DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Laura, probably not a whole lot more to talk about in terms of the Groundhog Day that was playing the Islanders back-to-back. But now we get to kind of shift to playing a new team back-to-back. And that's a team that we've played once before this season. Already you're wearing your Rick Nash shirt, paying homage to the jersey retirement of him. Uh, we played the Boston Bruins, then we're going to play the Boston Bruins again. Another ceremony planned for the Jackets when they face the Bruins this weekend. The Jackets and the Bruins will celebrate Nick Felina's 1,000th NHL game uh, at TD Garden in Boston. Uh, a really classy act by the organization to wait until that game on Saturday, April 2nd to honor Nick's 1,000th game. Uh, obviously... A lot of teammates, former teammates of Nick Felinas will be there. Uh, a tribute, I'm sure, that will be wonderful and will mean a lot more to Nick because a lot of people from those experiences for him will be present to celebrate with him. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was definitely like such a, a kind gesture of the Bruins to wait to celebrate until we were playing them and, um, you know, like I, I, I said this on our, our live stream, like the the thousandth game is such a big deal for any player, but for someone like Nick Felino, who has done so much for all three of the teams that he has played for in his NHL career with the Sabres, uh, or four, sorry, Sabres, um, Ottawa, um, us in Columbus, and now actually it's fine. Yeah, you're talking, no, you're talking about, you're thinking about Marcus Felino having played for the Sabres. I thought Nick played. I don't think in so. Buffalo too. No, he was drafted by Ottawa, and he was traded from Ottawa to Columbus, and then he was traded from Columbus to Toronto, and then Toronto to. You're right. I am you know, the Marcus, my least yeah. favorite Felino brother. But yes, a little unclear tonight. It seems like he might be your favorite. Got Buffalo Nick, Marcus Felino on the brain. Ridiculous. Anyway, Ottawa, Columbus, Toronto, and now the Bruins. Um. But, you know, and clearly Columbus played such a huge part of Nick's career um, and will continue to 
I meant to mention this, but like Jody Shelley said uh, the other night or a couple games ago when he was talking about the alumni club in Columbus um, of former players that live here. And he goes, you know, <laughs> Nick will soon be back here. The Felinos have broken ground on their brand new house in Columbus. Um, so he's keeping he's keeping true to that promise that he will return, um, obviously, to Columbus after he retires. Um, and I'm sure if they're going to have a house here once it's done, they'll be here in the in the off season as well. But so, yeah, big night for Nick. Um, exciting to we were going to live stream. <laughs> we were going to live stream that game, but Jeremy has to work. So I will be handling all of the celebratory tweets and commentary via our social media um, while Jeremy's at a young cheese curds. What? I don't remember. <laughs> Young gravy? Is that what his yeah, name is? I cannot believe you just said young cheese curds. That's hilarious. We're really <laughs> on your poutine bullshit right now, aren't you? Um, yeah, no, young gravy. Uh, wow, what a fucking I. My job is so weird. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, you well, know, if you're not entirely out of touch like I am and know who Young Gravy is, Jeremy will be working their concert at um, Grand Valley State on saturday i will be all aboard the gravy train baby all aboard the gravy train no idea what that means but okay you don't know the one tiktok song you definitely know one song by him it's the one that was like a tiktok sound was like oops baby fuck up on your witch oops daisy that one oh that's, young yep, gravy. that's it that's young gravy um also uh one I thought paying him a ton of money i i think i know how much i got he got paid um or my favorite one which is one thought blue well one thought two thought red thought blue thought it's really good um big fan of that anyway uh i did the math nick felino of his thousand games he played 599 with columbus you'll remember that from like when he was traded because the the shit of it was like he's one game away from playing 600 with the team which kind of sucked but Obviously, the majority of his career played with the Columbus Blue Jackets, so meaningful that they held off. Yes, and we tend to do that because, like, I think Savard celebrated a milestone, like, right after we traded him. And then Max, once he gets his next goal, it will be his 100th goal. Right. I mean, listen, that one's not our fault. Max Domi had plenty of opportunities to score his 100th goal. He has one goal in his last, like, 30 games. Like, that's not on the Blue Jackets. <laughs> that's on that Max Domi. But on we, Max we do have a tendency to get rid of people before they celebrate their milestones. Um, but, yes, yeah, so the Blue Jackets will face the monstrosity that is the Boston Bruins two times, home and home. Saturday in Boston and then Monday uh, in Columbus. And so we started out this whole Groundhog Day situation of three teams home and home, hoping that we would win like three of the six. Haven't so far worked out with the Islanders. I'll win three out of four. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So now we're just, I would love at least one against the Bruins, but they murdered the New Jersey Devils this evening. So, who knows? Maybe they got all their violence out of their system. That would be nice. But personally speaking, I only care about winning one of the next four games. So. 
<laughs> and we will talk about that on Tuesday's episode. So you all are going to want to take we a will. listen to that for sure. I The fact that this is Friday's episode as we record, I don't know about you, but this week has been literally the Twilight Zone for me. Uh, Yes, it has been one of the longer weeks of my life. So. It feels that way over here, too, if it makes you feel any better. Maybe there's something in the water in Columbus and in Grand Rapids. But, but yeah, I mean, I think moving forward, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, you're hopeful that obviously you're, you're going to pretty much have the same lineup, I think, moving into Boston. Part of me wonders, and I don't think it's going to happen, but like part of me is like, do you do you bring up a Trey Fixel Lansky or like somebody to like just they won't do it now as they're playing in Boston, but I'm like, at what point in this like as the season ends? Uh, I don't know if we talked about it. I think we might have on on Tuesday's episode about Kent Johnson and Michigan winning against. Um, Oh, God, who do they play? It doesn't matter. They won. And so they're in the final four, or Frozen Four, so they will play hockey through at least April 7th if they go to the national championship April 9th. So he's not somebody who's going to join the team in the next week. But if you think about some of these younger guys, like do you start to integrate them into the lineup as the end of the season rolls on? Guys who you've given looks before but haven't gotten a chance to do much? I mean, players like Liam Foodie, they're hurt. Like it's not like – you can bring them into the fold, but it makes you wonder if there's going to be the addition of, of a player anytime soon. Yeah. I think, I think once we get through this, this stretch a little bit, and as we get into kind of like the last couple of weeks, the Lars will probably rotate in a couple of people just to see certain things and just to get a few more notes before wrapping up the season. Um, Cause there's definitely like a lot of potential things in Cleveland as well, you know, which again complicates things, but you know, everyone gets, everyone starts with a clean slate when they come in for camp. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how, how the summer plays out, but I'm sure we'll see a couple of things. And honestly, like knowing how the blue jackets are, we're due for someone to get injured. So you know, <laughs> we're going to need to rotate um, people in for that because, as we've said, the likelihood that, um, again, I am more hopeful than Jeremy, but the likelihood that we see Boone Jenner um, again the rest of the season is waning. And then, again, the likelihood that we see Alexander Texier um, is pretty unlikely, I would think. Um, he is still in France. Um, so I, I don't believe that he will be returning for the rest of the season, but, um, but hopefully we're seeing, uh, they said Zach was day to day. So my hope, I don't, I don't think he's on the trip though. So I don't think he is either. I don't think he traveled. So I think the, the highest likelihood is that we would see Zach, um, for the Boston game in Columbus on Monday. Um, which would be good because they did say he was day to day. So hopefully he is feeling more like himself by uh, the time the boys, the boys arrive back home um, in for the Boston game at nationwide, but it's just going to be interesting and fun to see how the rest of the season plays out. 
Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And I always feel bad when it feels like we're going to have a little bit of a shorter episode because I feel like our listeners are pretty used to getting an hour out of us. But I think I think we've pretty much said most of what what's real about where we're at right now, and that's that the Jackets have struggled to to put together 60 consistent minutes of hockey, and we're hopeful that they find a way to do it against the Bruins here over the next couple. But when you when you think about previewing this this matchup with the Bruins, I mean the reality is that's a team that's in the playoffs and is is playing some of its best hockey right now, and and we're a team that's trying to to kind of rain on their parade a little bit, but but the Bruins have something to play for too. I mean that Atlantic Division is far from settled in terms of of the seeding, and it's still possible that they could finish anywhere from second in that division, maybe even first, to being a wild card team, and that obviously in a really stacked Eastern conference where the top eight have been solidified for the last, what feels like forever, you know, you, there are some teams you don't want to play <laughs> in those eight. And so you really want to be strategic about how you play and, and who you play. And so the jackets have a chance to ruin that for the Bruins, but here's a little fun tidbit for mm. the, for the night. Um, Sebastian Ajo of the New York Islanders and Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes uh, scored at the exact same time tonight. Wow. Yeah, what I feel a fun. Like there's a rift in like the space time continuum or something. Yeah, Sebastian Ajo scored at like 348 of the first period, and Sebastian Ajo for the Islanders scored. I like how I qualified who Sebastian Ajo was for the Islanders, but not for the Hurricanes, um, because I just feel like people know who I'm talking about. But he scored about eight something into the game, so the games must have just started a little bit off of each other. But yeah, same exact time. What what a coincidence. I wonder if they felt it like in their bones. They must have. They're not even from the same country, which is I also know, which is just very strange. Because I also don't think what? I one of them is finished. I don't remember the other. Well, I know I think well, during the live stream we also talked about other players that have the same name, but because there's two Daniil Tarasovs, and the one is not they're not from the same country either. Um, it's just weird that they have the exact same names and they're both professional hockey players. Yeah, so, so Sebastian Ajo, who plays for the Hurricanes, is Finnish, which I thought was true. And Sebastian Ajo, who plays for the Islanders, is Swedish. There we go. The more you know. Fascinating. Don't ever tell me you didn't learn anything on Subjectively Speaking ever again. Don't you ever say that, listeners. Wow. And he he said I was scoldy. The one time he's just straight up i'm just telling you how it is you can't say it but yeah i mean laura what else you got anything else on your radar for the for the good folks listening i just wanted to give another big congratulations to the ohio state women's hockey team uh, for being ncaa national champions for the very first time and who were honored tuesday night um at the blue jackets home game with a victory lap um, and a commemorative puck drop. Uh, it's just such a big deal. Like I, I'm not one to like really love the Ohio state hype and whatnot, especially around football and all that sort of stuff. But like for something like women's hockey and for a town like Columbus, who is trying to build upon their youth hockey and really develop, um, the young people in this city and in the in the whole state um, to get involved and to make this sport more accessible, um, to have the Ohio State women's hockey team win their first championship at a time like this is so crucial. And just to see 
all the little girls that were at uh, Nationwide on Tuesday holding signs and, you know, just signs that read like, I can't, I want to be you when I grow up and like really feeling empowered to be a part of this sport is such a big deal. And just another huge congratulations to them. Those girls worked their butts off this season, 100% deserved um, this championship. And I had to kind of laugh because I'm not sure that they either just looked surprised or caught off guard, but I wasn't hundred percent sure that they told yeah, Gus. I know. I had the same thought. I think it might also be. It might also be because he's just like not used to being that person because it's usually your captain. And I don't know if it like just like went over his head or if they thought. Because I mean, like it would have been Zach probably if not Gus. Like, and, and instead, like they're both out. Yeah, because he definitely looked like they said his name, and he was like, "Oh crap." Like, I got to get over the boards because Andres yeah. Lee was, like, already there, like, ready to go. Right, right, right. Yeah, I I would have loved if Zach were healthy to play that game because I would have loved for him to have had done an honorary face-off with an Ohio State Buckeye. That is true. That would have been a pretty, you know, sort of jab at him for being a, a Michigan person. But we're about to have another Michigan person be a pretty big part of this team, so – they're infiltrating. I know we got to get a Buckeye on the team quick. We got to get Carson Myers up here. You hear that here first, Carson Myers. Got to make it happen. Got to make it happen. But, but yeah, I mean, like you said, a huge shout out to the Ohio State women's hockey team. Really just amazing stuff. And, and it's also coming at a time where, you know, conversations about what professional women's hockey looks like and there are conversations happening hosted by the NHL that should have happened a long time ago and the NHL kind of sucks when it comes to this, but it is what it is. Uh, so we'll see what happens from that, but I think a lot of really cool things are happening in, in women's hockey and specifically, uh, you know, in Columbus. I think Columbus has a chance to be a beacon for women's hockey and I would I would love to see a professional women's hockey team in Columbus. I, I just think that that would be so so cool and i think it would work here i really do uh and and if that happens folks we're still going to be subjectively speaking but we're going to talk about women's hockey on this show we probably should more regardless but give columbus a professional women's hockey team and um this show is going to have a couple of teams to cover absolutely absolutely i would i would love that no doubt but i mean laura the good folks, they've been with us here for, for about 45 minutes. If they've been in it for the whole run, then they listened to us yesterday for two and a half hours, and then they did another 45 minutes with us today uh, or whenever they're listening to the show. And really that is just beyond uh, admirable because Bless I've listened to myself talk for three hours before, and it's a lot. So um, if they don't want to hear our voices but they want to read what we think um, and they interact with us on social media, where can they do that? Oh, well, they can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can also follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. We do have a very lovely website. This is especially if you've come to us for the first time after seeing our live stream uh, over on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, you can check out our website if you want to learn more about Jeremy and I and our story. And our website is SubjectivelySpeaking.com. Uh, if you would like some merch to help support your favorite hockey podcasters, 
We have some really cool merch items over at subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. Eventually, we're putting up new stuff. It'll happen. Probably refresh over, over the off-season. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Again, we don't know why it matters, but if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit that five stars. It's our favorite number. Helps us grow and go up in the hockey podcast charts and helps us to build this incredible community of ours. So we just love and appreciate all of your support. That we do. And until we get the chance to connect with you all next time, we'll chat on Tuesday after a Blue Jackets, hopefully a win in Boston. Uh, but nevertheless, we'll talk about Nick Felino's retire or not retirement. Oh goodness, what am I manifesting? Nick Felino's 1,000th game celebration, and hopefully a win over the Bruins. But until then, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk soon. Bye.